This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, Hey Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild? Hey, Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister, Candace Murray. Look, up in the sky, it's the creative team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To another exciting episode of The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how are you doing today? I love these two part episodes. It makes me really excited. There's like a cliffhanger beforehand, and then we have to have the final resolution on the next episode. And that's making me excited, and it's also making me have a really good day. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm feeling really good about this bracket so far. We haven't had, uh, you know, too many debates yet. We haven't gone down a rabbit hole for 30 minutes like we did with our our best factions of all time. Uh, But uh, there's still plenty of time. uh, And nobody has used the Darso yet. So everyone, all three of the judges today still have their Darso intact. But the third man today with us is my brother-in-law, Johnny Gargano. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I already know what I'm going to try to do here, but we'll see if I can make it happen. <laughs> awesome. I love when people, I've already got a, a, a you know, their pick going we'll forward. See. I knew my pick was going to go out in the first round. The 450 splash has been eliminated already. So I'm a little sad, but uh, I still got a lot of my favorites in here. Uh, we still got Bret Hart and LOD and uh, the Bonsai drop, the Macho Man elbow. There's so many great moves left, um, but uh, that's enough filibustering today. Uh, we caught up with Johnny last episode and all the baby news, and so uh, we don't need to talk about that again. So we'll just get right into it, and right off the bat, we have a matchup basically between Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles, uh, which I think every fan in the world would love to see, but it is sweet chin music taking on the Styles Clash, and just like last episode, I put Johnny in that fun spot of having to pick between himself and Shawn. I'll let him start this episode and pick between AJ Styles, Style Clash, and the Sweet Chin music. Okay, so based on last episode where it was one final beat versus Sweet Chin music, I also kind of started thinking about, like, oh, if I go for one final beat, Shawn Michaels hit Sweet Chin music out of that. Uh, then that went down the path of, like, oh, if Shawn Michaels went for a Sweet Chin music, AJ could counter that into the Styles Clash. Uh, maybe that, that is what it is, but I think... This is a no-brainer for me again. As much as I love the Styles Clash, Sweet Chin Music is going to be my A1, I think, throughout this whole tournament, just based purely on my childhood and uh, him obviously being my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, And when you include the whole tuning up the band, I've said this a million times, one of the greatest finishers of all time. So Sweet Chin Music for me uh, takes this one. Ronald. Yeah, it's going to be a quick one for me, too. AJ's going to go for that phenomenal forearm and get caught right in the face with that yeah. Sweet Chin music. <laughs> and we're going to go oh, home from God. there. So, yeah, for me and my fandom, I'm going Sweet Chin music all day. All right. I, I you know, uh, I, I, I would lean Styles Clash here. But uh, it doesn't matter what I think, and I'm not going to darsle this one. So we'll just go Sweet Chin music through 
to the next round. These ones that are long are fun to write, and then there's dead air and stuff because I'm thinking. But anyway, uh, so cool, awesome, and now on to this is this is great. Like this round is really tightening things up. I don't know what I want to do here, so I'm going to make Ron go first. Oh, but no. uh, RKO versus Doomsday Device. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same argument. You know, as iconic as the LOD uh, Doomsday Device is, uh, there ain't no memes of it. There ain't no shirts made after it. There ain't no uh, internet fandom uh, without having to be a wrestling fan over it. So I got to go RKO out of nowhere. Oh, this is a tough call. But for me, for me, this is just going to come down to personal preference where uh, both anyone that's ever used a cutter or a variation of has never been as over with me as the Legion of Doom were. So I'm going Doomsday Device because it is just a it is just wonderful. It's a great move, and I love LOD. I love uh, the Road Warrior. So, Doomsday Device for me. So, we're going to make Johnny the decider. Me the decider. Uh, when I picked Doomsday Device in the first round, I was, I, I kind of knew like it was one of those where I'm going to put it through, but I'm not, I don't feel like super strongly about it. Going up against the RKO, uh, like he said, like memes and this, the fact you can hit it out of nowhere for me, RKO beats the Doomsday Device. Yeah, see, right. Cole, if if Hawk hit the RKO off of Animal Shoulders, they have a <laughs> yeah. shot. Yeah, but yeah, I think it is a tag team move where someone does put someone in a in a electric chair and someone comes off the second with a RKO. I'm pretty oh, sure that is a thing that people do on the. Oh, I'm stuff. sure. I, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, our 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 probably our favorite uh, cutter RKO story ever. Uh, we were getting ready for a big like what was it an eight man or a ten man match. This is all the way back to the UWC days uh, taking place in a yard behind my house. Uh, but uh, we had a tag team that was fairly new and they did not have a finisher yet. So we were sitting in the locker room before this main event during the during intermission, just trying to come up with a move they could hit. And we came up with the double chicken wing, you know, up, uh, you know, uh, a la Beth Phoenix or Edge now, jerk stealing his wife's moves. <laughs> Who does you, get, that? you get moves by marriage. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. You get marriage, it becomes interchangeable. <laughs> oh, so and and so you know, flung him up in the double chicken wing, threw him out, and 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 John comes off and hits the big cutter. And they we just they didn't practice it ever. We didn't even think about it. They hit it perfectly flawlessly in the match. It was amazing. We all lost our shit. It was so ridiculous. Uh, but that was when wrestling was fun back in the day. So I'm not mad at the RKO. I'll I'll let it slide. Um, but this next match may be some Darso material. So we've got the Tombstone taking on the F5. Ooh. And I'm just going to start out by saying uh, Brock Lesnar is one of my favorite guys right now in the business. I think everything he's doing is unique and interesting and exciting. And he's a big star and it, it just draws eyeballs. And I love the F5, so I'm going F5, Ronald. Yeah, you would go F5. And you know what? Uh, just basing on facts, the F5 ended the Tombstone, the owner of the Tombstone's <laughs> undefeated streak at WrestleMania. But I don't care about facts when the Undertaker's involved. <laughs> I'm going with the Tombstone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we've touched on my feelings of the F5. We also touched on my feelings on the Tombstone. I feel stronger 
about the tombstone than I do the F5. Therefore, I'm going to go with tombstone as well. Oh. Unless he Darso's me here with the F5. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the best thing that could happen right now in, at any point in this bracket is for the RKO to get eliminated and someone to use their Darso out of nowhere. I think it's just... <laughs> but I'm not going to use my Darso on the tombstone. I just like giving Ron crap about Undertaker. And uh, so I he likes potentially it. putting it in danger. He wants he wants me to blow up, but I, I, I won't. I'm, I'm, Best I'm behavior. Trying to, yes, I, I'm trying to sabotage Ronald's Darso so he doesn't have it for later. <laughs> All right. So Tombstone moving on. That brings us to the Bonsai drop versus the Macho Man elbow. This one's very interesting because there was that that wonderful spot at the Royal Rumble where Macho hit the elbow and went for a cover, you know, in a battle royal. And uh, Yoko just bench pressed him over the top rope and threw him way up in the air and eliminated him. Um, so if we're going facts, Bonsai drop, you know, kind of beat the elbow. But, uh, oh, this is a tough one. Very tough. Um I still this I I just gonna say it now it's gonna be tough for anyone to beat the Macho Man elbow for me so I'm going Macho Man, um, Ronald. Yeah, I think uh, fear fearing for my life and risking Candace hearing me vote against the Macho Man <laughs> uh, is probably the only reason I'm gonna be voting against uh, Yokozuna right now. But uh, <laughs> no, all kidding aside, that that presentation of Macho Man reaching for the heavens and then dropping that elbow. For me, outweighs, pardon the weird pun when it comes to Yokozuna, outweighs the impact of uh, Yokozuna's bonsai drop for me. Yeah, it's pretty easy for me as well. Uh, the Macho Man elbow, I think, beats the bonsai drop. I think just based purely on, uh, I, I always go historical significance. So uh, Macho Man elbow, A1 for me. All right. So Macho Man elbow moving on, uh, moving to the right side of the bracket. This one's fun for me. Um, I'm gonna let Ron go first. Oh, no. Stone Cold Stunner versus the Lariato, Lariat, clothesline from hell, uh, Rainmaker, whatever you want to call it. Ronald, who you got? Well, it's a good thing that we crammed this one in because it's another quick one for me. You got to go Stone Cold Stunner here. Like, how how do you not? I love the Lariat. It's one of my favorite moves of all time. But everyone knows what the Stone Cold Stunner is. Johnny? Yeah. Again, it's a quick one for me as well. Stone Cold Stunner. I already brought that up earlier. These, these surprisingly have not been that difficult. I've been pretty easy on all of them so far. So Stone Cold Stunner. We haven't gotten there yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there fast. The hurt feelings are coming. Yeah. But uh, and now, and now for this one, just me, again, personal preferences, I tend to lean towards strong style. Um, I like hard hitting. I, I love Walter. Walter is my absolute favorite wrestler in the world right now. In uh, Tomohiro Ishii is a close second and uh you know even guys like daniel bryan are hard hitting i always love the william regals of the world um and stan hansen is one of my all-time favorites uh, my absolute all-time favorite hulk hogan match ever is with stan hansen stan hansen is wildly underappreciated uh by the next couple of generations after him and uh, i wish he had had a better run in the states so that he became a bigger star um so I would go Lariat here, but it is not Darso material, ladies and gentlemen, for me. So Stone Cold Stunner moving on to the next round. So that will bring us to the Canadian's Destroyer taking on the most devastating leg drop 
of all the times, Hulk Hogan, big boot leg drop combo. Uh, this is definitely in that Darso category for me. Um, so I'm going to let Johnny go first, and we'll see how it goes towards the end. <laughs> so I don't know where you're leading, because I want to try to get you to use your Darso then. Uh... <laughs> oh, I'll give you a cheat sheet. He's going for the Hogan leg drop. Yeah, I figured that's what I was going to go with. <laughs> And as much as I would love Hulk Hogan to take a Canadian Destroyer, I think that'd be pretty wild. Uh, I think purely for Darso purposes, I'm going to have to go Canadian Destroyer on this one. Yes. And you know oh. what? And you know what? You know, uh, I'm going to have to go with the same strategy. I think I'm going to have to go Canadian Destroyer here. I think uh, I think the Canadian is going to destroy the real American big boot leg drop. That's a, that's a storyline in itself. <laughs> Oh, okay. So here's the problem, though. Oh, yes. Even if I use my Darso here, uh, because I believe that, obviously, Hulk Hogan deserves to move on past, you know, some some vanilla midget. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, the, I mean, God, the Hogan leg drop boot is, you know, maybe the most iconic thing ever. It's right up there in the top four or five things that, that people that aren't even wrestling fans today know. Uh, but next round, it's whatever wins this is going up against the stunner, so it's not worth wasting my Darso because I don't think that it that Hogan... I feel like Canadian Destroyer has a better shot against the stunner than the leg drop. So I'm just going to let it roll, oh, and I'm going to accept... I want to change my Canadian vote now. Destroyer. <laughs> I was so sure that the Hogan leg drop was going to advance. Well, I mean, you could use your Darso. No. <laughs> go against your own vote. We're depriving the audience from the Stone Cold Stunner versus the leg drop. Oh. Oh. But it's okay. Hey, hey, anything can happen on the creative team. Okay. So now is a battle of my number one and number two favorite wrestlers of all the time. And uh, this is my all-time absolute number one dream match. If I could, like, I, I always have this fantasy that uh, if there is an afterlife when I get there, uh, the first thing I get to do after I see, you know, all my family and everything is I get to be the booker of the best wrestling promotion of all time. And I have everyone in their prime. And I finally get to see Eddie Guerrero taking on Bret the Hitman Hart in just my number one dream match of all time. Uh, but right now, we are talking about the sharpshooter versus the frog splash. Ooh. So, uh, Ronald. <laughs> I, I just I just love that your vision of heaven is just, you know, a territory. And uh, yes. I, I'm just imagining, like, angels all brothered out, walking around with uh, fanny packs and duffel bags. Uh, yeah, you know... It's a good visual, but man, this is hard because it's two of our it's two of our well documented favorites. If we're just uh, dwindling this down to Bret Hart and Eddie Guerrero, of course. Um, well, no, I mean, there's the Scorpion Death Drop, and we can talk about RVD lock. and D'Lo ground again. Yes, sorry, yeah. sorry, the Scorpion. But Death I'm talking lock, about yeah. us. We're gonna you and I <laughs> have no problems dwindling it down to those two because I'm yeah. definitely not going to talk about the Rock when it comes to the Sharpshooter. So. <laughs> Or Edge. <laughs> or... Yes. Yeah. So, <sighs> all of my argument for the Frog Splash in the previous round still stands. But I cannot in good conscience go against the Sharpshooter here. So I'm going to go Sharpshooter. 
All right. We need um, more love for submission holds. Then I'm going to go to Johnny first before I, I make my vote here. I think this has been the toughest one for me so far, but I think I am going to go with the sharpshooter as well. Wow. Clean sweep. Yeah. I thought maybe there was a chance nope. that Johnny might go for that frog splash as hard as he put over Eddie in the first round. Again, my dream, ultimate dream match is Sean versus Eddie. Yeah. So similar boat, but WrestleMania 22. Yeah, I know. Yes, it's a subject that gets talked about on the podcast mm. quite often too. So I, I just, I, I think it's amazing um, that at least we all agree that Eddie Guerrero is pretty much everyone's number two. Like yeah. I mean, he's right there. I mean, uh, I mean, what was it a few weeks ago where someone posted that Eddie Guerrero was like a B plus? Yeah. Like, who the hell? Like, what was that guy thinking? That's just, I mean, to be fair, that's just revisionist history now with social media and how, you know, you just say things anymore just to get a rise. But, I mean, that's been social media for a while anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Not mad at it. Uh, this It really is pretty close to uh, the final the final eight uh, being my eight favorite moves of all time without the 450. But other than that, we're pretty good there. Um, so, moving on, our other tag team finisher here the 3d the deadly death drop taking on the pedigree and uh i will go with johnny first uh are you gonna go against the boss here or stay with the boss no again the the 3d 3d was against uh yes yes lock yeah yeah so i was up in the air on that one in general uh i'll go pedigree especially the one pedigree that he gave that that jobber on that one episode of, I think it might've been superstars or something a long time ago. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, again, historical significance as great as the 3d is, but I'm glad to have more tag moves in there. Uh, pedigree for me is going to win this one. Yes. Uh, if we're going to me next, it's going to be a quick one for me too. I am very, you know, guilty of getting on my soapbox when it comes to triple H. Cause we talked to a lot of very jaded wrestling fans <laughs> that share the same tired internet opinion of, of the man. And I always call Dawson. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody has the same same blueprint opinion of the man, and I just don't see it. I think he's, I think he's fantastic and did a lot for wrestling and a lot of guys and made a lot of stars in his day. So, and the move is iconic. I'm going pedigree too. Okay. You won't get any argument from me on this one as much as I love the 3D and I, I think it, it, you know, it, as great as it is to have tag team finishers, um, there just really aren't a lot of iconic tag team finishers. Um, so, you know, once we get down to like the eight great, eight greatest finishers of all time, I'm not surprised we don't have any tag teams left over. So I'm going to go with Pedigree 2. Um, it is really a great move. It's another one of those things that uh, it was one of the first things when I first started learning how to wrestle. Um, fortunately, we weren't in a real ring yet. We were kind of in a makeshift ring with mattresses and, and a trampoline built around. <laughs> and uh, so it's like the first time I'm, I'm just barely kind of figuring it out. I'm just learning how to bump and fall and whatnot. Uh, I get in there with this guy. Like the first thing he does is a pedigree to me. <laughs> and I have no idea how to take that bump at all. But, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad on, on a trampoline and mattresses. So, uh, love it. All right. That brings us to our final eight. We are in the next round officially now. And uh, I think this is where things are going to start getting interested. 
maybe a little more hotly debated uh, because right off the bat, we have the two out of nowhere, the most out of nowhere moves on here. Uh, the RKO slash Diamond Cutter taking on Sweet Chin Music. Oh, Ronald, you this, go first. This one hurts a lot because I can I can I can argue all day about the whole memes and transcends the business and stuff like that. Blah 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 blah. But it's Sweet Chin Music, like you know. Now we're gonna go back to the you know the pageantry and the iconic stature of the move and you know super kick is what it is today but the corner the i mean starting with the kip up the kip up to the corner to the tuning up the band to hitting the move and just all of that and my childhood have to finally be on the side the opposite side of the rko here so i'm gonna go sweet chin music all day every day okay for me, this is where current wrestling has kind of hurt the super kick and the sweet chin music for me, whereas current wrestling has really upgraded the RKO slash cutter move for me. Uh, and I will go back to something I saw maybe a month or so ago uh, when a friend, friend of, of ours, Scorpio Sky, was in the ring taking on the iconic Sting and he does um, a, a slingshot from the from the outside from the apron in to try to catch Sting with his cutter like he always does, and Sting flawlessly caught him, reversed it into a Scorpion Death Drop, and uh, just just that in and of itself, how how versatile the move is, how many reversals you could come up with, how many ways you can hit it. Um, I just I gotta go with the RKO cutter here. So it's up to Johnny. I think everyone knows where I'm gonna lean on this one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, as much as I love the RKO, as much as I love a cutter, again, sweet chin music. I've said it in the very rip. It is kind of my top of the top of the mountain one here. So sweet chin music for me is gonna beat the RKO. That's right. That's right. As against Darso now, but that's a that's a weird choice to use. That. You don't feel that strongly about an RKO. <laughs> oh, I'll allow it. Oh. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna pull the trigger. Oh. I, I didn't know you felt that strongly about RKOs. If you would have. <laughs> oh, so we'll we'll let it slide. Sweet chin music. To Moving on four. to the final four. Uh, it was a number one seed. I ranked it as such. So I, 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 I'm not surprised it's made it this far. So I'm not too bad. Um, but when I looked at the next matchup, I realized I had to save my Darso um, more than anything because this is where it very well may go. We have the Tombstone Piledriver versus the Macho Man Elbow Drop. Mm. <laughs> so Ronald... It's, I will let you and your Undertaker love go first. It's two big, you know, theatric moves. You know, the the tombstone ends with the pageantry of the of the the Grim Reaper pin, and you know the the Macho Man elbow drop starts with reaching up to the heavens and dropping that elbow. Both two iconic moves that have stood the test of time, but there's only one tombstone and many elbow drops. And yes, even the Macho Man doesn't stand a chance. When it comes to me and the Undertaker, 
So I got to go Undertaker here. Always. Well, I am definitely going Macho Man Elbow here because, um, again, I, I just really, when it comes down to like actual finishing moves, I, I really don't think there's anything that beats specifically Macho Man climbing up to the top rope and reaching for the heavens and the way he just comes off and like the way he just holds his arm and you know that he's landing like right on him snug. I, I really think the Macho Man elbow is probably my favorite finisher ever. Um, even even more so than the 450 splash. Uh, and it's one of the best. As soon as yes. he leaps off, Undertaker's going to sit right up and he's going to miss <laughs> Well, we'll see what the decider has to say, Johnny the decider. So now I'm getting into I'm getting into a, a very strategic game here. So I know now. <laughs> I feel like one of you is going to use your Darso on this particular, like either or either way I go, who I want to see use their Darso on this. But I already talked about earlier as much as I love Macho Man. I already talked about earlier what the kick out of the tombstone moment meant to me. And it meant that much because it was so well protected. So I will pick the tombstone pile driver. And I, and, and the, the macho elbow was very protected except for when he uses it to jump start his teammate, yes. like Hulk Hogan. He uses it to wake people up. Yes. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it can kill a man and bring him back to life. So it is the most versatile. <laughs> oh man. Uh, ooh. Mm, Here we go. I don't know. Oh, it's brewing. God dang it. Oh, I'm just looking at the bracket. Oh no, I need to. Okay, okay. I will allow this one, one time. Knowing that Ron might be on my side later. But just in case, I need to save it for the last match of this round. So, it pains me to say this, but Tombstone Piledriver, uh, moving on to the final four. Oh, yes. Now, this one may be quick. This may be the easiest one, uh, but I might be surprised here. But Stone Cold Stunner versus Canadian Destroyer, Ronald. No. Oh, damn, kid. I ain't taking that. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. Move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, as uh as fun as the Canadian Destroyer is when we first saw it, as much fun as we love seeing it all the time now. Uh not many people use the stunner because it's that iconic. You know, it grant granted it's uh it's made its return recently with Kevin, but uh everyone still calls it the stunner. You didn't even attempt to rename it because there's only one name for that move, and it's the Stone Cold Stunner. Um, and I'm going to go Stone Cold Stunner. Got to do it. Johnny? Yeah, I'm going Stone Cold Stunner, too. All right, clean sweep. Yep. I wasn't too worried about the Stunner here. Uh, I think maybe the Stunner got a little... Now that I'm looking at this bracket, the Stunner got a little bit of an easy ride here to the Final Four, because um, even if it wasn't the Canadian Destroyer, it would have been the Hogan leg drop, and I'm not sure that uh, anyone here would go leg drop over stunner. But uh, this brings us mm. oh, to maybe this one. This one could yeah. be interesting. This one could it be very be. interesting. Sharpshooter versus pedigree. 
I'm going to let Johnny go first here. So, I know where you two are going to vote. Maybe. <laughs> I think I do. You'll be surprised. So, for that purpose, I'm going to go pedigree. For strategic purposes, I'm going to pick pedigree. And for like-minded strategic purposes, and firmly staying on my soapbox, and anticipating Cole's reaction... <laughs> I'm going to go pedigree too. Well, God damn it, Rod, play the music. Oh, there it is. Play that repo man music. It's time to repossess your guys. Uh, Sharpshooter is moving on here. I'm officially using my Darso. Um, you know, I'm, I, you know, as much as Ron likes the soapbox, I'm the guy that thinks that if we want to call someone a B plus player, it really is triple H, not Eddie Guerrero. So, <laughs> oh, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> My oh. goodness. So, yeah, Sharpshooter, Stunner, Tombstone, Sweet Chin Music, officially our final four. And, uh, God, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, the debate hasn't been quite as hot as, you know, what the New Day. <laughs> All of those conversations we had in, the, in them storming the castle, taking out the NWO DX and uh, the Four Horsemen to be the greatest faction of all time according to the creative team. And it looks so, like it's a running theme in the Gargano house, household that they usually agree with Ron. <laughs> Seems like it so far. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been heated at all. Not at all. I think now we're in the final four. It might be a little, I think we're headed towards something, which I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the friendship betrayal is approaching. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. So, all right. Final four. Sweet chin music. Take it on the tombstone. Okay, Jonathan. But I'm going to let Johnny, our wonderful guest, go first and put over Sweet Chin Music one more time. I've said this to death already. Uh, Sweet Chin Music is going to be my choice here. Uh, I don't really have a particular reason why it's my choice over the tombstone other than personal preference. I think both moves, obviously they're in the final four for a reason. They both mean a lot to me. They both mean a lot to professional wrestling. But personal preference choices and personal preference sake, the tune up the band, the the kick, all of it, that whole thing, sweet shit music for me is going to be my choice. Ronald. I know he's going to pick Tombstone now. <laughs> well, Ronald. Well, well, Johnny, it didn't take long for our friendship to to diminish after we already, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of hinted that it would. Didn't take long at all. But if I can provide one argument, as the scoreboard shows the tombstone ended your boy's career it did so <laughs> did. <sighs> you know and he's my boy too and it hurts it hurts a lot but it's the undertaker mm. and the sweet chin music can finally rest in peace <laughs> here we go decider or does it okay so now i feel like this is one of those where either way i go there might be a darso at play because <laughs> Johnny's been very clear. Sweet Chin Music is his is his, is his horse he's backing throughout this bracket. <laughs> and uh, we uh, we joke with Ron constantly about his love for The Undertaker. Um, oh, but for me, I, I, I if I just got to, I, I basically got to come up with my favorite one of these ever. And I still think when it comes down to it, I'm sorry I love you takes the day 
and puts the stamp on the sweet chin music. And so I'm going sweet chin music. So it is two to one, sweet chin music over Tombstone. You're right. It is two to one because Ron's playing as Darso. Oh. And my two tombstones are going to be destroying the sweet chin music. I'm sorry. I love you both. <laughs> but I'm dropping you both on your head. Ooh. All right. So we have one match left before the finals. Ron has used his Darso. I have used my Darso. So this is Johnny's last opportunity to Darso. Yeah. So it is the Stone Cold Stunner versus the Sharpshooter. Ronald. Oh, it's a callback to one of our favorite matches. It is. One of our favorite moments. The classic double turn. But for me, I love Brett, but I can't argue with facts. And Stone Cold Stunner is the most iconic finisher of all the times, I gotta, I gotta say. Especially when it's going up against the Sharpshooter. I think the Sharpshooter, um, it just goes to show how iconic that submission hold was. Because it being a submission hold lasted all the way up until right now, for me. So I think I'm going to go with Stone Cold and his stunner. Well, as I've already used my Darso to put the sharpshooter over, uh, let me just make this point about the sharpshooter before we go to Johnny. Because uh, I am voting sharpshooter. But uh, for my money, and, and we've discussed this many times on the show, um, but to let Johnny in the loop, I feel like the most significant moment in professional wrestling history is Austin in that sharpshooter bleeding. Uh, because I think without that moment, one, we don't get Austin. Two, we don't get Brett being the heel and all the shit that went down. Um, and and then when Mr. McMahon is made by Brett as well, the two biggest stars in the history of business, the biggest heel, biggest baby face, both made by Brett Hart. Without this sharpshooter, none of that matters. And so for me, the most important move in the history of wrestling is that single sharpshooter right there. So it's going to the finals if I have anything to say about it. But we'll go to Johnny, the decider. Yeah, so I don't I don't get to use my dar, so I didn't have an opportunity because I didn't feel like there was any moment there for me to use it. If I would have used it, I would have used it to put the pedigree over the sharpshooter <laughs> just to get the sharpshooter out because I knew you two were going to try to vote for the sharpshooter. Uh, but because I have a kind of deciding vote here, I will have to go with the Stone Cold Stunner as my choice. Because if I picture two, if we're going to have a finals of wrestling finishers, I think Stone Cold Stunner and Tombstone are two very appropriate uh, finishers for the finals. So Stone Cold Stunner wins it for me over the sharpshooter. That makes me happy. Oh, yep. And there's nothing I can do about it. So <laughs> Tombstone Stunner finals it is. And uh, just before we get to that, uh, so have you enjoyed your time with us today, Johnny? Has this is this fun? Uh, you know, a little better than just doing your regular old uh, wrestling interview. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done that a million times. So yeah, anything's better than that. <laughs> you don't ask me how I started wrestling or uh, like I, I I anything I can do where I don't have to talk about that, and I can talk about anything nerd stuff I like, or you know that wrestling is nerd stuff too. So yeah, yeah, of course. 
Yeah, it's it's a nice change of pace from the normal wrestling interview because you know we've heard it all if we're fans and we and we actively seek out the podcast that you're a part of, but you know it's nice to bring the wrestler back to his fandom and have conversations like this because it's all in good fun. Um, Just go on Wikipedia if you want to know anything about me. <laughs> I, no, I, I I did have one wrestling question I did want to ask you before our time Cute. ends for the day. Um, I, I just it's it's one of those things that I'm I'm sure everyone's kind of curious about, but uh, you know it's obviously a huge adjustment going from being an independent wrestler to being a WWE contracted superstar. Um, what was the like the biggest adjustment for you going from the indies to being at NXT? Man, I don't really think there was one that much. I guess maybe I guess cameras i mean for the most part like trying to i guess tv wrestling is way different than independent wrestling in the sense where you want to capture things on television and you need to look at certain cameras and timing purpose especially live television to where you kind of have a, a certain time limit you need to hit especially if you're in the main event segment and you're going off the air at say 1008 you gotta hit your time cues and make sure those are right on the money because you know if you're in the independent wrestling show and you're in the main event segment you can go till one in the morning. We've seen all the PDVG shows. They can yeah. go all night long. Don't have to matter. But if you're on national television, you kind of need to get off the air at 10 or 8 or else. It costs a lot of money. Uh, so for me, I think that was the biggest adjustment. And that wasn't when I first started with NXT. That's more, I guess, the past couple of years. Uh, just being able to time your stuff out to where the matches are still great, but it's also more uh, condensed in a certain time. Well, I mean, since we're here, I might as well jump on, too, because, you know, I only see you at big family gatherings, and I always do my best to not really bring up wrestling around you guys, because you guys are on vacation. That's that's work. But since I have you on our show, <laughs> I first met you in 2014, and I wasn't really paying attention to independent wrestling at the time. So my literal first experience watching you work was the Cruiserweight Classic. And when I was watching that, it, you stood out to me because, you know, there was all these independent wrestling guys, but I felt like you were the only one that had the ability of the in-between stuff and knew how to make me care. Like, you had those facial expressions that I was like, oh, this kid's a baby face. I was, like, blown away that all the in-between stuff was equally as important to you as all the, the moves. So when you turned heel, I was like, hmm, I care about this guy so much. How am I going to root against him? Like, what did you want to focus on the most to make that work? So it's tough because uh, people talk about my current heel run. But you think about it, we never really had an audience to play off of during this whole run. <laughs> like, we've been basically in front of no one for basically my entire heel run, which is like, it's difficult because now we're back in front of an audience again and our act has gotten so entertaining to where obviously people are going to love us. And that's just kind of something we've embraced. Um, and especially because it's a lot of passionate NXT fans and they're seeing a lot of new guys and I'm one of the more well-established guys. So obviously when you see me, you're going to be pumped to see me. Uh, so I guess that was the one thing I'm kind of a little sad about is you never really got to see full heel Johnny Gargano uh, in NXT, in WWE in general. And there were a lot of things that were going to be pretty cool and pretty planned that uh, I think would have gotten a lot of heat. But We'll never see the light of day now, obviously, due to just COVID and everything like that going down and not having a, a, an audience. Um, but you mentioned it, like, back in 2014, like, I always kind of considered myself more of a TV wrestler, I guess, than an indie wrestler. 
because I always was more drawn to the theatrics. As you can see now with my current character, like I'm, I'm, I'm very all over the place, like promos and backstage segments and things like that. Those are the things I love the most. Uh, like I love wrestling, obviously, uh, but Candace is like, I think Candace is the wrestler of the family, even though Johnny Wrestling <laughs> is my name. But Candace is the wrestler of the family. She loves the wrestling part of it. I love the theatrics and uh, the moments and the faces and the, the backstage skits and the segments. Uh, and that was just something I really focused on more the past year. I got to do more of this past year because I feel like, especially in this current era, the no fan era, I think a lot of people aren't going to go back and watch matches because like, I think wrestling is built on atmosphere and they're built on crowd interaction. That's 99.9% .9 of what we do. And that's what makes a moment mean even more. If you do me and Adam, me versus Adam Cole and take over New York in front of nobody, it's way less. You don't get those crazy reactions. Um, but I feel like people can go back and they will watch the skits and the segments and the things like that. Cause I think those things still hold up because they don't need a crowd to uh, make them more. Uh, but yeah, so I, to short answer your question, uh, I guess like things that I worked on as a heel, um, just more, I guess, I don't know. It, it, I can't answer it because you never got to see it. <laughs> well, you know, just pardon my French. It looks like you've definitely embraced the chicken shit version of a heel. And I, yes. I think that works very well. Uh, with what you guys are trying to pull off. And you're right. It, it it backfired in a sense because you guys are having so much fun. And when 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 an act is clearly having fun on TV, it shows through and it and even it even pops the smart fans. So, you know, call that a good backfire. Call that uh, call that just a negative backfire if you really wanted to maintain some heat. But either way, it's successful and uh, you should be proud of it. I just thought like especially watching it, I was like, man, like for me I just want to try and be as entertaining as possible because I felt like that was the one thing that we kind of needed on the show was a little bit more lighthearted entertainment. And I felt like I could be that act. We could be that act to kind of give it. And uh, we've been really lucky. Like anymore, all of my bits, you watch any of our digital promos, I'm sure Candace will tell you this. 99.9% uh, <laughs> .9 of it is me just trying to make her laugh. Uh, me just trying to make Mackenzie laugh. Me just trying to make anyone just laugh or break on camera. So that's, that's kind of what I base all my stuff on. I mean, my, I told Candace my favorite part of this is that her character basically is her um, being our grandma Dawson. Like that's like, like when I see her the way she she's the only heel. Of the, she's the only heel of the group. She's the <laughs> she, only true heel. Yeah, she's just being grandma and trying to get everyone to behave. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so, all right. Well, that's that's enough peppering Johnny with wrestling questions. Now back to just fandom questions. We have reached the finals. Um, does anybody want to go first for Toonstone versus Stunner? I mean, oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even if the Stunner walks away with this two to one, I'm still going to go Toonstone just because I'm going to dedicate myself to my, to my guy, even though I know in my heart by facts that Stone Cold is probably the more, the more iconic finisher. I'm going to go with Undertaker just because that's something Ron would do. <laughs> well then just you know this one's pretty close for me um but to allow our guest johnny to be the decider one last time in the finals uh this isn't a queen's clean sleep one uh i'm going with stunner i i just it's it's so perfect i i just i see the scott hall wrestlemania stunner 
I, you know, I, I just, I see the beer, the whole iconic thing. You know, the tombstone was great. You knew the match was 99.9% of the time the match was over when you hit the tombstone. But uh, every time the stunner and just Austin with the, uh, the, the personality and getting in people's faces after he hit the stunner. I mean, basically for a year or and a half, Raw was just built around how many stunners can we fit in today? And it just kill everybody. So I, when it comes down to Tombstone Stunner, I got to go Stone Cold Stunner. All right. So deciding vote. Everyone knows how I feel about the Tombstone. Everyone knows how I feel about the Stone Cold Stunner. Going off of... Hmm, I've, I've gone off historical significance this whole time. Yeah, but this is this is like the one time when it's like, you know... <laughs> I have, but I also went off meme potential. I also went off, I guess, entertainment potential, cross-promotion potential. It goes across all media. I brought up in high school or grade school or any kind of school, <laughs> the little kids would always be doing this to their friends. I don't... I, I wish I saw it. I didn't see I never saw little kids giving their little kids tombstone pile drivers. Yeah, children, please don't do that. <laughs> I wish I saw that when I was younger. I did not see that, but I did see them doing so-called stunners. You can hit it out of nowhere. Easily reversible. So, as a deciding vote, for the best finisher of all time, I have to choose, by God, the Stone Cold Stunner. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is decided. The creative team, all-time greatest finisher, the Stone Cold Stunner. And I'm really uh, not mad about it at all. Ronald, how do you feel about this bracket? I mean, I was going to say, are we even surprised? Like, No, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> spot on. Yeah, that's pretty, you know, it's certainly good company that my guy was in the finals. And, you know, even I couldn't argue the fact that Stone Cold Stunner would triumph here. But I thought it was a great conversation, great bracket. And it was the first time we actually used an entity for these entries. We always had the participants in these uh, brackets. So it's cool to like talk about something that we liked instead of like someone. You know, but the thing is, I think that made it uh, made the, de the at the same time, I, I think that made the debates a little uh, a little easier because we're not pulling for our individual persons were just pulling for their one move and it, it is iconic but uh it's a little easier to separate out just the move and the finish and and part of it too i think is that we all have a little bit of a wrestling mind and and dabble some of us dabbled in the business some of us are making their full-time living off the business but uh i i it just i i can't there's not a more perfect move than the stunner i mean i think I, if you pulled wrestling fans if yeah. you pulled random people i think if you just pulled non-wrestling fans who maybe just saw wrestling once or twice or heard about it. I think Stone Cold Stunner is going to be a, a pretty synonymous finishing move for a lot of people. Like, I think that's the one that most people are going to say. And because yeah, I'm a, because I'm a wrestling nerd and the Ron Cyclopedia, when it comes to wrestling, WWE has the top 50 finishers of all time DVD that I own. And number one is Stone Cold Stunner. Number two, the Tombstone Piledriver. Wow! So, wow! Wow! We got there. Yes, we, we, we got went, there. We went WWE history chalk. That's that's disappointing. Uh. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even mean to. At one point, I was going to try to get Sean and Hunter in the finals. That's where my head went. 
Uh, I, I was trying to see how I could pull that off. I would have loved that. I I was going to Darso the pedigree over the, the sharpshooter because I figured the sharpshooter one, but I knew pedigree going against the Stone Cold Sunner in the semifinals. That, it was yeah. going to go anyway. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that's oh. all the bracket going. I was like, oh, there's no way this is going to happen. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate you, you trying to put the boss over. I tried. I tried. <laughs> if they ever listen to this. I tried, guys. <laughs> So, uh, Johnny, I cannot thank you enough for being here with us. Uh, you know, you are my brother-in-law, but you are under no obligation whatsoever to do this. So we appreciate you being here with us. And hopefully you had a good time and might join us again someday. I did. Tons of, we got to have me and Candace on together at some point. Oh, that would be fantastic. Join us next week for whatever shenanigans we're doing. For my host, Ron Kilborn, and my brother-in-law, Johnny Gargano. I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and moi! Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod, or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130, and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.